doing? We live? We good? Are we yeah, I think here? we're good this time. We are here. We're good this time? Yeah, we're big good. energy. When I come through, big energy. How, I've never seen, has, has that ever happened to us before where the stream just shuts down like that? No, nah, it's never happened to me before. I'm glad it happened in like in the first 10 seconds. So this is yeah, just take two. Even, yeah, this take two. Speak on it. We back. We ah! back. Is this technically episode 109 since the first 10 seconds was 108? Was that like a nah, micro what, did, uh, what, what, what Frank Lucas say? You just re-wrap it and re-rock it and just keep selling it. Something like okay. That. All right. That, yeah. oh, very, that's very Stringer Bell of you. Stringer said yeah. it doesn't matter what color caps we put on it. It's the same product. So this is my thing. You know, we live in the age where everyone is apparently street and they're so anti-snitch. But I also hear a lot of people big up Frank Lucas, who is on paper known as a snitch. So now yeah. I got confused. Now I got confused. Snitching is cool only when people that we like snitch. Takashi, the more I think about it, dog, you know what? We don't I like understand. him. I, I may, I may, I may understand. Do, do I like his music? No, but now I look back on it, bro. In some of these situations where people quote unquote snitched, I'm thinking about it like, what the? What else did you expect him to do? We, we've had the snitching conversation before, right? I ain't got no shame. I'm getting in there and telling on everybody. 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 Go with What Nino Brown said, I'm going down. I'm taking this whole operation with me. Yeah, no, we all got to go down. We yep. all got to go. We all got to go down. Um, well, everyone, welcome to episode 108. I am your host, Danny Ocean. So Speak on it. Go. Episode 108. That's right. And then across on the other side of the screen is the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. How are you on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon? Man, on this beautiful Tuesday out here on the West Coast, my brother, I am doing blessed. And you already know when you see this growing fro, it could only be one bro. The honorable, admirable, and very, very good looking Los D-Mix. I forgot. I forgot you're growing your hair out. Yeah, I was actually, it's funny enough, I was just talking to to my brother because my brother, my brother, my younger brother is what inspired me. He got, he's he's growing, he's in the dread growing process and his shit, mm-hmm. his shit was looking nice and i was like oh man i gotta try that man i'm tired of listen haircuts have gotten expensive listen people every part of life is going through inflation yes haircuts included um barbers i love y'all respect y'all the barbershop is pivotal in the black community some of these barber prices are ridiculous though now shout out to my barber that that's been my barber since i moved out here to portland my barber he's really really good he doesn't really doesn't really charge too much, but I thought about it and I was like, "Bruh, listen, my favorite, my, the th- my three greatest rappers ever, Jay Z, Lil Wayne, and Nas, yep. all do not have fades anymore. Even the dude I was saying the Nas fade, he don't even have that no more. This ain't this ain't ninety three. Illmatic, Stillmatic ain't dropped yet. Okay, so I'm thinking, yo, it might be time for me to just try something new. Try to- How much did your barber charge for a, a cut? Uh, I usually, it's, it, I think his base pay was, his base charge is like 35 and I usually okay. just tip an extra five. Okay. Uh, so 40 a cut yeah. every, every two weeks, that's $80 a month. Well, every two weeks. Now I was getting the bald fade. So I was lasting me like a month. Oh, okay. So that's really, okay. That's very efficient of you. Yeah. So I was getting the bald fade and it was costing me like 40 a month. And I started thinking, I was like, bro. Why don't I just grow my hair? Like I, I, my hair is growing. Like even now, it's been maybe like a since I had like a 
a cut, like a fade fade. It's probably been about a month and some change. And it's already, I'm getting a little bit of growth. So keep picking it out. Keep, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully by the end of this year, I got a small little fro going. And then by this time next year, hopefully I got something that I could maybe, you know I mean, kind of braid up, you know? So my next question, how much did your brother cost for a shape up? How much he charged what, for a shape So up? I did, I, I went, I went to him maybe like a month ago, actually. Not maybe like three weeks ago to get like a shape up and he only charged me 20 and I tipped him 10. Okay. So that's not that's not too bad. No, Honestly, not at all. That's a I steal. Go, I might might set up an appointment this this week because you know with these shape ups you got to keep it done. And look, you see, it's I got I don't want to call this a fro, but it's a little. Hey, a little if you pillow. picked it, I'll say if you picked it out, it. it, it no, I didn't pick it out. I picked it out earlier. I gotta I gotta stop like messing with it though. Yeah, you gotta. I gotta get in. The, I gotta get in the, the the phase of my hair where I can't touch it, and like I gotta tell other people don't touch my hair. Yeah. Always fun. Yo, question for you. Yep. Is it so you you know about HR, right? Is it wrong of me to want longer hair, like corn rolls, maybe like dreads, just so if someone tried to touch my hair, I have a reason to go to HR? (laughs) I don't think that should be the reason you grow your hair. It's just a benefit (laughs) of growing your hair. Uh, I'm waiting for the doubt. I want my shit like locked up coming in. I want someone to be like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. What? HR? I'm running, sprinting, booking it. Why you why you why you running the HR to snitch? You just say, hey man, don't touch my hair, please. All right, you gotta give him one warning. One. Oh, uh, even the hey, what you doing? You, you know what you gotta do? You gotta give him, you gotta give him that look. The yeah, like is that a real question? Like you gonna t- just touch my hair? The fuck is up with you? Yo, what the fuck is up with you? Jamie, what's good? What's good? What's good? Jamie asked, um, do snitches get stitches or do or do st- snitches end up in ditches? Well, I don't commit any crimes. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know where snitches end up on. But I will say, Gunna album is still in rotation to this day. So if by chance Gunna snitched, even though he claimed he didn't, then, hey, that's in, that's in God's hands. That's y'all got it. Cause now I mean, listen, man. I ain't saying it. I'm not saying it over any airwave. I don't know where snitches end up. I just Me. know. I hope I never find the fate of a snitch because I would snitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cause like, yo, listen. I'm not gonna say I'm perfect. I'm not far from it, actually. But I don't commit crimes That's right. that would put me in a situation that the man is saying, yo, you either give up this information or you're looking at a very long time in, in prison. Like, I don't I do not do that. I, I do what I want, but luckily everything that I want to do mostly is legal stuff. That's kind of yeah. cool. Um, I don't run in those been, circles. What you been up to? Like, what's, I, you know what I'm saying? I ain't seen you in seven days. What you been oh, up to? Man. Nothing much. Nah, nah, nothing much. I'm trying, you know, it's the sun's out at summertime. I'm trying to get my little Cubano tan because come November, December, I'm going to be real pale. So I'm just trying to enjoy the summer, try to get out. My wife and I did some planting, you know, watering. Dog, we're not going to talk. Nah, I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, just getting some sun, enjoying summer, hanging out with my wife. I'm glad you brought up plants because... My realtor, when I moved into this, when I moved into this condo, she gifted me a plant. But uh-huh. she didn't. What she didn't know is that since 
since I got since I tried my to grow my first plant back in like the second or third grade, I am not good at taking care of plants. Like I just yeah. I don't I don't get it. They die. And so when my sister got here, she looked at my plants and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like <laughs> just like, yo, what are you like? What is this? So she she's helping she cut off like some of the deader ends and mm -hmm. like I'll be I'll be watering it but yo I don't be knowing where to put it because I just be wanting to put a I want to put a plant somewhere water it but that's all you need like that's do all you, you know need. what kind of plant it is is there like the little thing that identifies what kind of plant it is yeah so it is a lily it's a pearl lily or a lily pearl pretty okay real, yeah yeah real pretty so I found out those are not supposed to get direct sunlight and maybe about an hour ago my sister came in here and said so I'm reading this little thing on the in the in the pot and it says this is not supposed to get direct sunlight and you have it sitting in a stool yes. on your on your balcony directly getting sunlight and i was like oh so she was like when it's when the sun's out you just water it and then you just put it out the sun so so it's funny my wife has my wife loves planting a house full of plants <clears throat> excuse me she has this app she she types in what kind of plant it is and then it sends her notification like hey this plant needs to be watered it's been three days this plant needs this is this plant out in the sun and it just kind of keeps everything organized i'll see if i can get a link and send it to you because yeah she gets little notifications about when it's time to water and how to treat them i will say if i can get a better sense of how to take care of certain plants i might consider trying to get better with plants only problem is is they don't be they don't be like bro this 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 plant in here that pearl looks so rough I, I feel so bad, but I didn't want to throw it away because my realtor gave it to yeah. me, and I love my realtor. There we go. Shout out, Donna. There we go. Hello, Donna. Uh, only other thing for, for me, man. I mean, weekend weekend was cool. Took took you know was hanging with the siblings. Uh, I I finally DJed in front of a live audience of two people yesterday. Okay, how'd it go? Well, it was my brother and my sister in there. Yeah. Okay, how'd it go? Well, my sister said she was entertained, and my brother said, "Hey, it's not too bad." So, are they your older siblings or younger? I'm the oldest. Okay. So, how much younger are they? My sister is about two and a half years younger, and then my okay. youngest brother is twelve years younger than me. Okay. Okay. So, mostly yesterday I was trying, uh, trying a little bit of hip hop, but really I was just in a reggae and a go go bag. Just because okay. I, out here, uh, you hear some reggae, but you don't hear a lot, and you definitely don't hear no go go. Yeah, I know you don't hear no go go. So I was like, yeah, you know, I had to. Did, did you take him to the store? You know what store I'm talking about. Did you take him to the store? Oh, that's Friday. That's okay. Friday. We're doing the tour and then the store. Okay. Make sure they got their yeah. bread up. Hope they saved. Yeah, well, my, you know, my parents and my, my little brother up here with, with a few dollars. And then my sister, she's she's been there before. So hopefully she's not as starstruck as she was Okay. the first time. But she went in there that first time and she just said she was overwhelmed with the amount Yeah, of me stuff. too. Like I, I had to go stand in the corner my first time because because you'll go up in there and you'll it'll it'll go like I was like that's cool that's cool never seen that before put this mm -hmm. in the cart yeah now imagine if you got the employee discount and there's no sales tax so nope. you just know which you just know how much you order nope like, that's that's why I don't need to be out there you're right you're right my brother don't we got some housekeeping items before we, we get going we do so we are I believe we are eight weeks away. From kickoff, which means we it's essentially football season. Some rookies reported today to training camp. So again, always head over going to.com. The offseason is over. It is time to gear up for the fantasy football season. Your mock drafts, 
it's time to start building your boards. The drafts will be here five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. Some people draft the Sunday before kickoff, which is very intimidating to me. Um, but yeah, it's going to.com. Head over there for all your fantasy needs. We are here. It is football season. Speaking of football season, speaking of fantasy season, I know we're going to we're probably going to start talking with a little bit of NBA before we transition to our NFL coverage and then start our yearly divisional breakdown. But I wanted to to, to kind of start us off in the fantasy realm. Right? Let's do it. There's a lot of people who 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 come to the network for fantasy football talk around this time. So I was having a think on both the Dynasty League and the Redraft League. Right. right. And I was uh, and I was thinking about the, the the I started with the redraft league. I, I like the, the the shit talking. I like the I like the flow of the league. I like how I am deemed the villain in this league because I'm the commissioner. So I've embraced the heel role. I fully lean, lean into being the Vince McMahon. And I see how winning the championship belt plus the money gets yep. people feeling a certain way. And I started thinking. What could I do to bring some of that to the dynasty league? And I started thinking and I said, well, this is a dynasty league and a championship belt is cool, but you know, it would be really cool. What's that? A trophy. Wow. It's, it's amazing you say that after I have won the league and would not be able to enjoy this trophy for a calendar year, but go on. You gonna let me finish. I'm so sorry. I have, I have a way to recognize your greatness. Okay, I'm listening. So, I'm thinking if I was to find a fantasy football trophy that the league liked and it has the it has the ability um, to like I can get engraved nameplates on it. I could do I could do this thing where like the winner gets to keep the trophy for the year, but they have to send it back to me at mm-hmm. like. Send it back to me so I can send it to the winner. But then I started thinking about some logistical things. Yeah. One, whoever has this trophy, I have to make sure I have to make sure it is shipped to them in a way that the trophy doesn't get damaged. So that's yeah. one. And two, I have to make sure that who I got to pick a trophy that's cool, but also to your point, doesn't get that doesn't get damaged. So I got to think through that. So if you got any, if anyone out there that's listening has any suggestions on championship trophies. Or they're in a league where a trophy is 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 implemented for the winner, but not everyone in the league is centrally located where they can hand like physically hand the trophies off. Please let me know because I want to do research on it, and I want to kind of announce it. I want to I want I'm, I'm gonna bring it to the league, but I think it would be like really really cool to have a trophy. We're still keeping the money, so this would come out of probably probably come out of my my pockets unless. I mean, depends. Well, I mean, could raise the dues five dollars. Yeah, if I raise the dues five dollars, it could go. It could go to that. But um, I don't know. I think that would. I think that would bring a little bit more energy to the league. I know, just based off some of the communications, I see a lot of people in there trying to get trades done. I feel like if if I were to implement something like bring like a trophy along with the cash, that might get people a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more shit talking. Shout out to Gerson. You know, I see him out there. He's always pretty active in the in the in the chat, and he's kind of he didn't directly impact it, but I'm like, man, I feel bad for my man that every time he be talking, no one really talks back to him. He well, see, so here's the thing: he be trying, he be, but then again, to you know, he he be trying, he's trying to make trades and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know; they're not getting back to him. They're probably getting back to him in private. But 
even then, I don't like him saying, hey, such and such and such and such, I sent you a, a deal and they don't even like really acknowledge him. So I'll try, I want to get more activity in, in the day-to-day chat, but I don't know. So, that's what I'm thinking. So what if you got a plaque, right? So you get a plaque, you keep the plaque in your home, but you can get two engraved. Like you can get one engraving for the plaque that goes on the plaque and then you can send the other engraving because it's going to be real small. You can throw it in an envelope and you just ship it to the winner. So the winner gets the engraving, but the plaque stays at your place. Like Each the actual trophy? Yeah, like it's it's going to be a plaque instead of a trophy. Or if you want to ship the plaque, it's easy to ship a plaque because it's flat. You just throw in a box, bubble wrap, get it on its way. Or you can just keep the the plaque at your house and then get two um, of the uh, engravings made, one that could screw into the plaque, and then you can ship the other one to the winner so they can have it in their collection. Yeah. But I want – so what I – that sounds like a great idea. But what I what I think I want is like a tr- like you know how in the NFL they all point to the Lombardi Trophy and they all get to uh-huh. hold that trophy. I want that feeling in this league where like everyone like you can see the previous winners. I got you. You know what I'm saying, and it gives you a little bit more prestige. So I think it honestly would honest. I think it would come down to the trophy type and the trophy size. Like it don't have to be. It don't have to be crazy big. Pause. It can be. Maybe as big as this water bottle. You can you can search. Uh, did you see the the All Star MVP trophy Kelsey Plum won last year? That small one? No, we're not doing that. We not. Yeah, doing little, that. And little, WNBA, y'all wrong as hell for that. Y'all. Well, wrong this year they changed it. This year, yeah, I'm glad y'all changed it this year. Yeah, yeah, that year was but hilarious. I want I want to think. So again, if anyone listening to this or anyone watching, if you have any experiences with trophies in your league, please hit me up. I've been thinking about this probably for the last about week and a half because I want to bring. Some energy. You want to make sure I'm being a a good commissioner. I mean, really, for this dynasty league, this last couple, these this probably this year, like this calendar year from January to now, I've learned a lot just taking in a lot of the feedback because um, I've never ran a dynasty league. So trying to get better, I implemented the uh, the owners meeting um, with a cap though. I ma- I made sure to let people know we are not we're not going to be doing many 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 rule changes every year. We're getting would I say two rule changes and one of each? Like there's one roster change and one rule change, and that's it. Well, we know what the roster change is going to be. It's going to be taxis. Yeah, I know that's going to get voted on. I'm going to be so mad when it does. I, yeah, I hate that's... I hate everything about that. I think that's silly. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say if we're gonna to go to a, a taxi system, then I'm shortening the amount of total number of people that you can have because I I don't like player hoarding. Like I really really hate it. Like I, I want you to I like. In football, they got a 53-man cut. I like I like that because you're just not going to keep all these players. Like, let yeah. I just feel like there's an opportunity to let other teams, especially worse teams, get better by having a serious cut. So that that might be – I just want to – you know what I'm saying? There's got to be a competitive edge. Yeah. And I, I feel like if we're just all allowed to have these stacks and stacks of just players, then what what are we doing? What Like, what are we doing? Like, like you know, there are some people who – there's some people I feel like in the league that have people on their bench that they have never not once even considered playing. That bothers me because that could be a potential starter on someone else's team. Yeah, I got you. You, you know what I'm saying? So you're, you're, You want parity in this league. As much as I can, yes. As much as I can, yes. Um, just That's because cool. it's a 10-team ten, dynasty league. So really everyone's team, everyone's team on paper is really good. Yeah. So like, there's got to be some parity or like, now if this was a 12 team league, I'm not going to lie. I probably wouldn't care. Like, I'd probably say, let's just add the tax system in. Like it's 12 of us. Like it's it's already hard with 10 teams. You got to do stuff to keep the parity or like, 
shit just gets messy real fast. And, you know, we already we already can trade. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be a good commissioner, uh, especially for this dynasty league. I'm excited for this owners meeting. Uh, I think it's going to be funny because I think a lot of people have suggestions on how to make the league better. Okay, cool. But I don't think people realize how hard it is to get 10 people to agree on certain things. Oh, so it has to be unanimous? Has to be. It doesn't have to be unanimous. It has to be, if there's 10 of us, six, six it has to be six votes. Yeah, six. Over half. So I'm going to say six votes. And, but that also begs the question of, should I be voting? Well, yes, technically, because I have a yes. team. So yeah, 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 yeah. You have a yeah. stake in this. So... It's gonna be hard. Like I feel like the taxi system. I feel like it's gonna be brought up. Yeah. As as far as that's like a roster change. In terms of like a rule change, I, I would be I would be very curious to know what rules in this league people would. Super want to flex. That's a roster change. Oh. Fuck. See what I mean? Okay. See what see what I mean? Like well, when we I say change to a super flex now because we drafted with one QB in mind. Exactly. Plus, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I might lobby if someone tries to, to offer the, the, the super food flex. I might have to get some people together and just be like, "Yo, vote this down. Vote this down. Here you this are. is not a good idea. Here like, you are backdooring." Yeah, I'm not, I might have to. You know what I'm saying? But that's fair because I'm talking from an owner's perspective, not a GM. That's fair. another thing. I'm thinking. Uh, fuck, I forgot my train of thought. Anyway. Today, my brother, you ready? Yep. We're, we're, Let's do we're it. Start off, start off in the NBA. Head over to pick up on some of our NFL coverage. Then we are going to get in to our divisional breakdown, starting with the AFC East, which we recently found out is going to feature a team that's going to be on Hard Knocks in the New York Jets, which yep. I think is going to be a very, very interesting dynamic. But let's start out in the NBA, my friend. Starting out in the city of brotherly love, Joel Embiid recently said that he really ultimately just wants to win a championship. Yep. Doesn't matter if that's in Philly, could be in the Bay, could be in Dallas, could be in Korea. He wants to win an NBA championship. So my question to you, my brother, is this a cryptic message? Yes or no? I don't even think it's cryptic. This is just flat out. Yeah, like, hey, just to just to let you know, I ain't afraid to ask her out. Like Giannis did something similar last year. Like, hey, I don't feel like you're doing right by me. I will not hesitate to ask out. There ain't nothing cryptic about this. This is a warning shot. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to take it a step further. I know we're about to talk about this man next, but I think this is in direct correlation with James Harden. I think think this is his way of saying, yo, Daryl Morey and James Harden, y'all need to figure this shit the fuck out. Y'all need to figure this out because – I'm trying to win a championship. I'm seven feet tall. I've been in this league for X amount of years now. I've won my MVP. Next thing I'm trying to do now, I'm trying to win a championship. Yep. James, we are a good team. We need to, we we should, I know you want to be surrounded by other good players and be in a position to win a championship. Daryl Morey, listen to him. Help get this thing figured out because this is a really good team that has a championship potential. But if y'all ship my man James Harden and you stick me back with me and Tyrese Maxey and you think that's going to lead us to the promised land, well, I'm, I want to win a championship. And I'd see how Damian Lillard acting. I can do something similar. I'm the reigning MVP. It's insane to me that the Sixers won't pull the trigger, trigger on day. Like, it's like, no, we're not trading Tyrese Maxey. Are you kidding me? 
hey, they believe there are more. So he's, he believes in the potential. Are you kidding me? He believes in the potential, man. Hey, man, that's his prerogative. Daryl Morey, he's been a great GM of the course. He's been a great front office exec over the course of his career. He always has something up his sleeve. I listened to the Hoop Collective, and Brian Warnhurst kind of went over his resume, and I was like, yeah, but dog, you telling me like you're risking Joel Embiid's future because you won't trade Tyrese Maxey, and you're not even going to extend him at the moment. That is crazy. Well, they 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 do plan on extending him. They just got to wait a certain amount of time so they can have the funds. But I see what you're saying. I I think it's I think they're looking at it from an age thing and a play thing, a play style thing, right? You can't have Dame and James Harden on the same team because you have that's way that's, that's two true. two very ball dominant guards. So if they go that route, now you're really severing ties with James Harden. You're basically telling them, "Yo, bro, kick the fucking rocks." Hey, but I would I would honestly argue that if you trade James for Damian Lillard, then you're basically trading a Ferrari for a Lamborghini. You're I mean, you're very similar styles. I think very similar skill sets. What are Dame doesn't disappear in the playoffs. I ain't got to worry about Dame's reduction to playoffs. Yo, Yo, dog. Tell me, James, don't be disappearing. Yeah, but Dame never listen. Dame and James have had this, in my opinion, Dame and James have had the same amount of postseason success. A lot of memorable moments, not a lot of results. Dame took his team to the Western Conference Finals. Has James ever been without? He was there with the Thunder. He went to the finals as a six man. He was. Did he go with with Houston? Okay. Was that that? Was that the 0 for 27? Was that that? That was the Western Conference Finals. I thought that was the second round. Dang. Okay. I'd still want Dame. I know Dame. And I still think that was the best team he's been on and his best opportunity. I think that was the – Yes. So far, his best opportunity to win a championship was that team. That was a really good team. Oh, they just a went really cold. really good team. They, they just went cold. They Not only they went, did they go cold, they just kept shooting. Like, they just were I mean, going to live, live and die by. Honestly, one could argue that that Rockets team – is essentially the same Celtics team that made it into that made it to the finals last year. Only they didn't have James Harden and Chris Paul. They had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think very similar play styles, though. Mm, poor Boston. Poor Boston. Speaking of James Harden, I mean, we mentioned there might be some ties severed with him and Daryl Morey. So it has been reported that he has requested a trade. Yep. And his ideal landing spot is the Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. Let me ask you something. In the age of player empowerment, player players demanding a trade and asking teams to move accordingly, do you think this deal gets done? I think it gets done, but I don't think it gets done until the season. I think Darren Moore has shown he is not afraid to hold on to a disgruntled player. He does not care. He is here for the best deal possible. I think Harden gets traded. I don't know if it's to the Clippers. I don't know what, what do you get from the Clippers because you're not going to get Paul George. You're not going to get Kawhi. Like, we want Terrence Mann. Like, what do you want from the Clippers? All their picks are in OKC right now. Like, what do the Clippers have to offer that's a, a reasonable return for James Harden? Hmm. I would, I would honestly say if I was to think about, do I really think this trade is going to happen here? No, I don't. I think this is all the bluff. I'm going to be honest with you. 
Let me tell you something. I think James Harden likes playing with Joel Embiid. I think James Harden recognizes the greatness he's playing with. I think he recognizes that with the right pieces around them, this this rock. I mean, this not the Rockets. This this Sixers team could go somewhere. Like they could they could they could make some moves. Like they could. They make the right moves. This is a team that was what a two seed last year. They could easily be a two seed again. Or no, they were a three seed last they year. They, Boston was a two seed. Yeah. Milwaukee, yeah, Milwaukee was the yes, because Miami beat them in the first one. Yes, so Milwaukee yeah. was the one. I think, I think this is, I think this is all a bluff. I think, and when I say bluff, I mean I think he's basically saying, "Yo, dog, if you're not going, you ever, you ever get in an argument with your girl and just be like, well, she fuck it then." That's essentially what I think what James Harden is saying. So was, I think he's basically saying, yo, if it's fuck me, then it's fuck you too. Then Daryl Morey, like you dead ass. All the shit I've done for you over the course of your career with the teams you've given me and you don't want to help me and Joel really set ourselves up to try to go out here and win a championship. Let me ask you something. Yep. We live in this age of real player empowerment. Maybe some say it started with old LBJ back in the day with a decision. Do you think this player empowerment move is good for the NBA currently? Yes and no. And I think with each passing CBA negotiation, the owners are doing their best to kind of, I don't want to say neuter because it has a terrible connotation, especially with with black men, but they're trying to take some of that power back, right? Like this one, the CBA has the second apron, which kind of, you know, dissuades you from creating super teams. And again, that goes back to players demanding to be traded to, you know, xyz team because they have this xyz player um i think it's good for the game i think it's good for players to have control over their careers i think there's something to that if 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 a team can cut me at any moment then at any moment i should be able to demand where i want to work Mm. or if a team can trade me right if if i'm you know chris stapps Porzingis, and i hear my name in trade rumors then, well, I mean, Chris Stapps doesn't have that kind of pool, but you know, Bradley Beal has been in trade rumors for the past three years. All right, well, if you're shopping me, well, hey, let's talk shop. Okay, let's talk about where I need to be going. I want to go here, make it happen. So, what do you say to the people who say that these teams are in the business of winning basketball games? So, if you decide that you want to trade, mm-hmm. then no matter where you technically want to go, it don't matter because we're going to take the best deal that helps us win. And, what do you and say I, I think if you are a GM of a team in that position, and you decide like the points that like, we're going to do what's best for the team. That's your, that's your prerogative. You don't have to send Dame to Miami. And I keep hearing and the, the counter, the, not the counter. In addition to that is you keep hearing people saying, well, well, free agents are going to remember that who the hell signed up to go to DC, who the hell signed up to go to Portland, like who outside of LA, Miami, well, well, New DC York. Got, hold on now. I ain't going to let you talk bad about DC. I'm they just saying, to, like, from a player's perspective, thing. when the last time the Wizards signed a marquee free agent? Kyle Kuzma. That was a trade. I'm lying. Well, like, like, when's the last time a free agent was like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to go to Portland. Yo, I'm trying, uh, to, go to, I'm trying to go to San Antonio. Okay, well, 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 once Charles Barkley told us about San Antonio, I think I think that was all we needed to know about San Antonio. I'm trying to go to Charlotte. Yeah, dog, sign me up. We're trying to go to North Carolina. Like, like, okay, again, and I said it last week, this is more so for agents, not for future free agents. Like, you want, you want to have a good relationship with the agents because there are not that many agents. 
and there aren't that many super agents, right? Like you're not trying to be out here pissing off Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. Yeah. What does what do you think their hesitation might be with being afraid to piss off an agent? Like what do what do they what do you think the consequences would be? I think when it comes to salary negotiations, like if you have an agent that's, yo, no, nah, you screwed me over with this client. Oh, I'm going to get you with, right? Like it's that personal vendetta. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, I, I, I don't believe in players taking discounts, but instead of like, hey, man, if you leave a couple mil on the table, we can get, put a roster around you. Again, like that relationship with the agents, like, no, no, we're getting every dime we have and you're going to put it, t- like, right? Like it's just that personal like it makes mm. nego- it's easier to negotiate with someone when you like you know, the person. Yeah, when you're on good terms with someone compared to someone that's out for your throat. Well, speaking of making negotiations, one Still. team, NBA team specifically, has been heavy with the transactions ever since they acquired Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, and that is the Phoenix Suns. Over the last week since we last record, since we last potted, they have made a number of moves number of trades um it's clear that new owner matt ishbia i believe you got it ishbia i believe matt ishbia is pushing all his chips on the table and he is trying to go all in and winning a championship in phoenix sooner rather than later so i have to ask you do you think this year and maybe next year is championship or bust for the Phoenix Suns. I'll say the next three years, and I think something very interesting. And if I'm wrong, Kyle in the chat, please correct me. What's Devin, good, Kyle? Devin Booker's in the last year of his contract. I think he's an unrestricted free agent next year. I looked it up today. I think this is the last year in Devin Booker's contract. Nah, let me on. look it up again. Come on, D Book. I think this is the the last year of his. They worked contract. on that extension. They, they have to, but, but with what money? You don't have any more slots. Yeah, 23, 24. This is the last year of his. He signed that Supermax at 23. This is it. I, this is the listen. last year of his contract. So my personal opinion, I I think this is championship or bust for, yeah. for, uh, for Phoenix. But I think championship or no championship, they're not letting Devin Booker walk away. They be insane. That's they'll figure, they'll figure out some way to break, get some money around to be able to pay him. You just have to go up the second apron. Like you're you're already in the deep end. Like what's a few more million dollars? A few more million dollars. Have you have you heard this report about the? Have you heard this report that the Phoenix? A lot of teams believe that the Phoenix Suns are like borrowing a line of credit from multiple teams at a high interest rate, with yeah, hopes of with the draft swaps and the pick trades that it all equals itself out for them to win a championship. Yeah, I mean they're doing their best they can, they best they can to go all in right now, but also thinking, looking around the corner to the future. Because again, I think KD has two or three years left on his deal. I think this is year two of a five year deal for Bradley Beal. But let's be honest, like two or three years from now, Bradley Beal is going to be. He's been injury prone for the most part the past couple of years. You're hoping Phoenix doesn't have to carry that much of the, of the load. Pause, but still, like, I think at the end of this deal, he's going to be 38. Whoa. Whoa. What what's a what's a bet? Unpause me. Nope, we're not doing that. Nope. Unpause resume. me. All right. Resume. What about you? What do you think? Oh man, I'm, what was the question again? You threw me off with the pause. I'm not gonna hold you. Uh you were talking about Bradley Beal. Oh, dang, what was the question? Oh, it was championship or damn? We crazy, man. 
See, it's you and your pauses. No, okay. On the championship bus, I think, I think, but on the report of the the Suns taking out this line of credit and that using that, um, using that to basically offset some of their draft draft swaps and picks and whatnot. Listen, I think. I think you kind of have to if you're if you're the Suns because I think when you look at this roster and your three top dogs, some would say that there is no bigger, better big three than this one right here in Phoenix, just from a pure bucket perspective. Yes. So, if you got to go all in, you got to go all in because you don't know how many years KD really has left in the league. You don't know how many years Bradley Beal really has left in the league. Obviously, you know that Devin Booker is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. So you want to make sure that he feels confident enough to want to come back to Phoenix and work with you guys to make a deal, get a deal to happen because he wants to win a championship here. I think similarly to, to Dame, to Dame, Devin Booker is looking at the team like, yo dog. When I first, when I first got here, it was just me. Then y'all went out and got Chris Paul. Then, then we went to the finals and we lost to the eventual champion. So y'all wouldn't, Y'all went out and and tried X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z before y'all ultimately got Bradley Beal. But at what point does something in the organization have to change for us to take that next step? I mean, I think they've done that, right? They they let go of, um, oh gosh, Monty Williams. And I think uh, Jim James Jones is now, he's been the GM. Mm -hmm. But no, he was let go, right? I thought... Because Isaiah, I know they're calling Isaiah the shadow GM because he and the owner are really good friends. Anyway, I think that I think if you're Devin Booker, like Phoenix has proven time and time again that they will do whatever it takes to surround him with talent to win. I am with you on that. I think he stays. It's just really interesting that he's on last year of his deal. I didn't even realize it until today. I'm gonna tell you right now, it feels like the free agent class for next year might be something serious. Yeah, but but again, right? The CBAs over the past, like the past couple CBAs, have kind of taken the the fun out of free agency because it's just cheaper. It's better for stars to sign where they're at, especially if they're like maxes or super maxes, and then demanding a trade. Like the trade deadline is starting to get more interesting than free agency because the players are taking the money and then saying, "No, no, I don't want to be here," which is the smart thing to do. Have. Mm. Right, that's what Zion. Zion took the money. He gonna ask for a trade. Yeah, but well, they gonna look at him and say, "Yo, dog, you devalued yourself by taking your big ass to Frosty McDonald's every 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 couple of days." Don't come. He had to grimace. Um, yo, you read that report that Zion said it's hard for him. It's hard for him to keep weight being an NBA athlete. Yeah, he was on Gilbert's. He just walked in on Gilbert's pod at summer league, and they just started rapping. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Twenty two year old guy saying it's hard for him to stay under the right weight. So here's a, as someone, and I know people don't think of food addiction as a real thing, but as someone who used to have terrible eating habits, there's something psychological to that, and I can understand where that where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. So you basically you basically call them a big softy Pillsbury Doughboy. No, I, I'm saying that I can I understand I where you can get to a place where your eating habits aren't up to par because of an underlying issue with a relationship but I see, with food. But I understand that if you're a regular Joe Schmo, but if you're a professional athlete, number one overall pick. Psychological, man. That doesn't matter. Mm, so so that would beg the question is, did the Pelicans properly swap, uh, recruit and spot him? 
I mean, there's only so much. The Pelicans can't babysit him 24-7. Like, there's only so much you can do. Like, do you watch, do you watch my 600-pound life? No, I don't. Listen. Okay. I don't watch it because I don't I don't agree with how not how non-rude some of those doctors be. I feel like when you're talking Oh no, Dr. Now is really rude. He is very straightforward. Okay. Well then I'm I'm gonna have to check it out because I I just feel like when you're dealing with people that big, you have to tell them, yo, fatty, you are going you are potentially going to die if you keep on this this route. So do you want do you wanna die of a induced heart attack while you sleep and breathe? Or do you wanna Cut some weight, lose the titties, and do something better yeah. with your life. The people who are on that show know that they're fat and could die from a heart attack in the middle of the night. But every episode, the reason that they get to that size is there's some sort of psychological trauma or there's some sort of relationship to food that they can't break, right? Like I was sexually assaulted as a kid. I started eating food because I thought if I was fat, no one would touch me. Um, I went to grandma's house. Grandma cooked every week. I love the way I feel when I eat food, right? Like there's something psychological to that. And that's how they get to that weight. No one wakes up. So yeah, I'm trying to get to 600 pounds. Like there's always something traumatic attached to it. And I wouldn't be shocked if Zion had, uh, you know, something similar. Okay. I hear you, but they can also get their big asses up. And mm, it's like, stop eating. Go, go take if a it, walk. If, if it was that easy, they would do it. No, that's the thing. They're too lazy to do it. They just want to sit around, no. scratch their balls, and and get the sweat from underneath their titties. Like here's here's about? another thing about my six hundred life, and then we can move on, right? Every episode, for the most part, they make they change their diet, they lose weight, they get the surgery, and then there's always a moment after the surgery where their weight loss stops and they plateau and they start to fall back, mm. and that's when they go to therapy, and it's usually mm. during the show after the therapy. When they get to the core of their eating habits, that's when you start to see them lose weight and they really start to change their life around because they have addressed the issue that caused them to eat in the first place. Really? Yes. Oh, man. It's it's like two hours an episode. But Dak, Dr. Now, the doctor they go see, oh, dog, yeah. He'll be like, yo, you about to die. Is, what you doing is that here? Doctor, the doctor, was Dr. Now the one who ran for like a political office or something like that? Or am I uh, he, might, he might have. I just know. Was that Dr. Oz? Is that's Dr. Oz. Oz. That's Dr. Oz. Dr. Now... Has a gold stethoscope, yeah. And he'll be like, "Yo, you too fat. Yo, you about to die. What are you doing? Like, let let him like he'll give him like they'll come for the initial, initial consultation. He'll be like, "Yo, change your diet. This is what you need to do. Let them come back and not change their diet. Yo, he'll rip them. He'll make them want to die. He'll rip the what off? He'll rip them, dog. He will rip them a new. He'll be like, "Yo, you fat. What are mm. you doing? Mm. Would you consider that a form of tough love or real love?" I think so. He is from another country, and I believe that this, this is a cultural difference in his country compared to America. And well, he in Texas. America is a fat, fat, fatty nation, so that, that makes sense. Uh, while we're here in the NBA, one quick shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Summer League. They actually went completely undefeated yeah, and won the Summer League championship last night, beating Houston. And I also saw that they get championship rings. I like it. I know people hate on it, but I think it's a great opportunity to see your young people in as close to a playoff environment as you can get them into without actually being a playoff environment. Win takes all. I love it. I think Why it's great. Why would have beef with, um, with this? I mean, you know, people, they see the, the rings, you know, all oh, these are paper champions. Like they kind of get a kick out of the rings and stuff like you're doing the most. But I think it's a great, I think it's great. I think adding some sort of value to summer league to see how they perform under pressure. It's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I 
I, I think it's I think it's good for the league. I think I think it's good for the summer league to to, to get these guys more airtime and show that you really take care of the players. I think it's it gives more yeah. incentive to the players to to really to really go hard, especially when you see a trophy. Which brings me back to my earlier point um, at the top of the pod when I mentioned I want to bring a trophy to the dynasty league. I think it will get the more competitive juices going. I think we'll get more shit talking. I think how people go about trades will be different. So I think just sometimes that element of competitiveness brings out an extra layer of thinking in your brain of how, how can this can really get better? Well, I'm just going to repeat. So, well, I mean, I don't think you will, but it's okay. It is. Okay. Listen, let's shift over to the NFL because there are a few headlines that have been taking these football streets by storm. Let's start in the AFC South. Let's do it. DeAndre Hopkins has signed a new deal with the Tennessee Titans. Yep. What are, oh, what are my thoughts? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Then takes targets away from Traylon Burks. Yo, you want to go play with Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis? Who am I? He's he's had some would say he's had worse quarterbacks. He has, and I would love to see Nuke play with an elite quarterback again. Like you saw what he did with Deshaun Watson, you saw what he did with a healthy Kyler Murray, and it's like Tennessee. I look at this. I look at this signing by the Tennessee Titans and DeAndre Hopkins, and I say, where did the Patriots go wrong? Where in there did the Patriots just say, nah, this ain't happening, Captain? I think it was a money thing? No, nah, I think I read that they did more. Like they, they were willing to match and do something more. Who just who want to go play for Bill Belichick? And not, let's not forget Bill O'Brien is the Patriots offensive coordinator, and Bill O'Brien was the offensive court or the head coach in Houston. And I don't maybe there's some beef there. Maybe he's like, Doug, I don't want to go pay for play for Bill O'Brien again. I'd rather go to, to Tennessee. That's that's excuse me. That's funny that you would mention who wants to go play for Bill Belichick. Listen, outside of Andy Reid, I look at the current coaching landscape. If I'm a wide receiver, I'd well, I shouldn't say if, I, if I'm right. If I'm a football player, I want to go play for Bill Belichick. Super really? Bowl winning, Super Bowl winning quarterback knows the ins and outs of this game. <coughs> mm, knows the ins and outs of this game. I mean, what like, has he I done just, since Tom left? Yo, dog. Tom went and won another one. Tom went and won another one. Okay, and then ask Tom what happened after that. Hey, all all that matters is that he won another. Tom went to a team who just needed a quarterback to consistently give Mike, uh, Mike Evans and company the football. And more Shaq. They had the offense. They had they had the skeleton of they had a good defense. They have a skeleton of an offense. They just need a quarterback to help run the system. And Bruce Arians came in and said, "Hey, Tom, you come run this. You can do whatever you want to do. Just make sure the ball gets here. The ball gets there. Learn my offense. You can do whatever you want from there." When Shaq won in Miami after leaving LA, until Kobe won one without Shaq, Shaq had the upper hand. Bill got to go one one without Tom. The thing is, and again, I would say similarly to uh, 
See, so here's my thing about the Patriots, though. They have the defense yep. to win a Super Bowl. Yes, they do. They don't have a good offensive system. And that's where Bill O'Brien comes in because he's supposed to be the offensive guru that helps get them back into it. Now, if I'm Nuke, feelings or feelings aside, unless he said some real racist, effed up stuff to me, I'm putting that on the back burner because I know his system already. And I know that Mac Jones, if I know when Mac Jones gets an elite wide receiver or a very good wide receiver, he can make the throw. Like, I don't like this, this, this narrative that Mac Jones is a scrub. He's not good. I've seen. Listen, I've seen the QBs y'all hype up. Not me. I'm usually right. I'm, I'm usually. Like, I'm usually right when I when I talk about quarterbacks. I'm rarely I'm talking, wrong. I'm talking about the the fantasy, the fantasy, the fantasy people, the sports heads. Like I've seen. I've seen how y'all talk about how Mac Jones is a scrub, and I don't like it. I don't like it. The dude's not a scrub. Yeah, he's had the opportunity. He's had the fortunate pleasure of playing with great wide receivers in college, but we all play with great. All of the great quarterbacks play with great wide receivers in college. I don't think anyone had like no wide receivers. Then they come to the NFL, and as long as they learn how to develop, I mean, they'll be a decent playmaker. But being a quarterback in the NFL is hard, and he was a rookie. Last year was the second year, though, right? Yeah, and this is year three. So this is the year that we really should see a lot of development from Mac Jones. I think I if we take that step, now you're talking about a really, really good football team. I don't think we are. I don't think he has the weapons around him to take that step. His receivers are Juju, and we'll get into the AFC East in a couple of minutes, so I don't want to get too in-depth. So I'll, I'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. It's all good. It, it, speaking of the AFC, mm -hmm. there's an AFC South team that gave Evan Ingram a new three-year deal. It's like three, three year, 42 million with like 30 something guaranteed or something along those lines. Something like that. Meanwhile, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. Yep. Three names. Austin Eckler, the fourth. Four names of players that have not gotten the new deal and the new money that they were looking for. Yep. Particularly because of the position of the running back. Now, Tony Pollard has already signed his franchise deal, franchise tag, so he'll be reporting to training camp soon. Saquon reportedly is going to be holding out. Josh Jacobs might do the same. So I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on the pure devaluation of NFL running backs as of late? I think I understand the strategy in regards to the front office on how to do this right. Draft a running back. Late in the first round, you have them for five years. Franchise tag them twice. They're 30. Get them out of here. Second round, they're 29 at the end. I think, and I heard a few people say this today, and I thought about it a little extra. I think four running backs, because of the issues, it, it only affects one position. So you're not going to get the other people in the union. Like you're not going to have a big enough following to do something major that affects owners. So I think one thing you can do is eliminate the franchise tag for running backs. Mm. And I think running backs that are drafted instead of, you know, first round, it's four years and the fifth year option, like cut that in half three years with the four year option. If you're drafted after the first round, second year or three years, and then you're a free agent. Right. So now running backs have the opportunity to get their money when they're 24, 25, and they can really cash in. With and, and cannot franchise tag them. Like, remove the franchise tag from running backs. So if they're a free agent, they're a free agent, you know, after their three or four years, 
in the backfield, and I think that's a way to help alleviate running backs. I was listening to Dominic's Fox, Dominic Foxworth this morning, and he said something like, well, why would the owners do this? And he said, well, you have kids right now who are like, why would I play running back? I'm going to go be a terrible linebacker. I'm going to go be a tight end. So like you're affecting an entire generation of future running backs, a position that is really important because you don't want to pay the guys now, right? Like, why would a kid who's 10 years old right now seeing the way Saquon is being treated and say, yes, sign me up for that. I want that when I grow up. I'm going to take it a step further. To all you so-called reporters, sports heads who cover the NFL, and you keep pushing this nasty narrative that teams can just interchangeably put in running backs here and there, I want you to know you are so unbelievably fucking wrong. That is so wrong. Listen, I know everyone keeps saying, oh, but the Chiefs, the, 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 the Chiefs won that. Like, yo, dog, shut up. That's because Clyde Edwards Hilaire was not on no type of time. Dude could not play. He stunk up the joint. And Pacheco was clearly the more explosive back. So, yeah, they put the better football player in. But guess what? They had to put a good football player in there. I'm about to ISO because y'all making me mad. I'm already I'm, I'm getting mad. Listen, when we talk about pure skill sets from an offensive player standpoint, I would I would I would argue that outside a quarterback, running back, and maybe no, I would say the running back probably has the most versatile skill set. They should because they have to be able to pass, they have to be able to block, and they have to be able to catch. They have to be able to block for the most important. Uh, the, the most important position on the field. They have to be able to run and follow blocks via the same line. They have to be able to know when to get skinny, when to be able to just hit holes and go north. They got to know when to be able to get shifty. They have to know. They have to know protections with the line. They got to know. They got to. They got to know routes. And some of you dummies out here who swear you know football have so much dick in your mouth for every other fucking position. Some of you out here are trying to tell me that uh, uh, that you would rather pay a sorry-ass defensive tackle because he's a defensive tackle more than you would want to – before you'd want to pay your starting running back just because you think – and you think a running back by committee actually is effective. Newsflash, name me the running back by committee that's actually like that. And, and Name me the running back by committee that's actually like that, where they have multiple really good running backs. Because a lot of these running back by committees, you know what it really is? It's one really good running back and another running back who can at least get a first down here and there when you need them to. Or the teams that deploy uh, a quarterback that can run, like the Eagles or the Bills, like a quarterback that can tuck it and run. But Lamar. That's, that's not a running back by committee. That's a mobile quarterback. No, no, no. I'm saying like some of uh, like some teams, like that's how they hide not having a good running back. Like you have a quarterback that can run the ball as well. To Kyle's point, he says, you could argue that running back, tight end, and safety are the three or the most versatile positions in football, yet those are the three positions that are underpaid. Exactly, Kyle. And what I'm really getting sick of is some of you people out here who don't know sports, you just talk about them. You get on here and you try to devalue athletes who go out there and put their fucking bodies on the line who aren't asking for Patrick Mahomes-type money or Jalen Hurts-type money. They just want more guaranteed dollars in their contracts and they want to be paid what they feel the market is worth. 
for running backs. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Year in and year out in college, we see that a Heisman is either given to a running back or a quarterback. Years and years, we see some of the best players in college be straight running backs. And y'all just get so horny on them for a couple days because you can you can draft them in fantasy and get a few points. And then after two, three years, you look at them and say, oh, yeah, I mean, but a running back's lifespan in the NFL is so small. I mean, you should already be considered drafting in the fifth round. And that way, you could just you could just franchise this tag after year three. That way, in year five, really, you can just let him go. Like, yo, dog, fuck you and shut up because you don't know sports, Matt Miller. You oh, wow. don't know sports. Oh, wow. You want to know how I know? Hey, listen, don't listen to me. Just listen to the people who play the position. You got to notice it in that day in and day out. And and another thing, another thing. I don't how I don't like how a lot of y'all are saying running back shouldn't be paid, but y'all were so happy that Christian McCaffrey got paid. And Derrick Henry. No, people no, no. Happy with Derrick. No, I don't want to talk. We're not talking about Derrick. Y'all, because okay. you're not seeing my point here. Oh, I'm seeing your point. I'm seeing your point. We're happy that Christian McCaffrey, the only white running back in the NFL, got paid. But you got a problem with a man like Saquon Barkley, the same skill set whoa, and a better player whoa, than Christian McCaffrey can't get paid. Christian Fuck out of here, He's the only white running back in the NFL. No, I watched yeah. Albert Hainsworth get $100 million from the damn Washington Redskins at the time. And y'all telling me Saquon Barkley ain't worth a little bit more than $10 million a year? Hold on. Christian McCaffrey. The Jaguars gave Evan Ingram four years over 30 million, dog. Are we kidding? Are you yo? Well, that's 10 million a year. Yo, there are wide receivers out here who are being overpaid. And if listen, if you're a wide receiver and you just so happen to listen to this, I want you to remember that the same way they are flooding the market with wide receiver dollars. You think this is going to last forever? One of these days, they're going to say, yo, wide receivers. They're 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 kind of they're kind of interchangeable. If you have a if you ha, if you're like the Bengals and you just draft really good wide receivers and you develop them and you just keep them find a way to pay them. I mean, really, you can just swap them in, swap them out. Like yo, shut up, shut up. No How way. are y'all fans of sports but don't want to see athletes get paid? Explain that to me. How? No, Christian McCaffrey can't be that. I'm sorry, I'm hung up. He's not the only white running back in the NFL, is he? Name me another one. And while you're at it, name me a white corner while you're at it, too. Yeah, I know the white white corner. Yes, white corners and white Tyrones are in the same tier. Like, you're not going to find one. But, damn. You can, go through, you can go through every team. There is no white running backs. Tony Gerhardt's not in the league anymore. Damn. So, I got a problem with all you people out here who, who – Josh Allen. Me. Yeah, he might as well be one. I, have a, I got a big problem with, with you so-called football. And listen, Kyle, does a mere white cow? No, he's black. He's the last one. <laughs> and I don't like this whole narrative. Oh, that, that's just that's the NFL. It's a tough business. That's, yo, shut up. Shut up. Yo, I watched Daniel Jones get paid. If you watched the Giants last year, you cut, you cut, you cut, you couldn't have watched 17 games with the New York football Giants and told me that you would rather pay Daniel Jones before Saquon. But you understand why? Because he's the quarterback and Saquon's running back. Okay, cool. Pay your man, pay your quarterback, but make sure you pay your running back too, because I guarantee you, see, this is my problem. They think they can just throw somebody back there. 
Go ahead, New York Giants. Throw Matt Breida back there, and and you are going to expose Daniel Jones like he has never been exposed before. So, and I guarantee you, if Matt Breida's out there week one, by week three, Daniel Jones is going up to somebody's GM and saying, "Yo, dog, I don't care what you got to give Saquon. We need him back on the field ASAP." Facts. Found two white running backs. Well, Kyle Yuschek is a fullback. Rex Burkhead. Have you seen Rex Burkhead? Yo, they don't even. Ugh. Rex Burkhead. That yeah. Rex Rex Burkhead is one ankle injury away from never playing again in the NFL. Dog stop. Yeah, I just I just asked. Well, I'm talking for... about good, legitimate starting running backs. Oh, and he's not even the starting running back. He's behind Damian Pierce. No, dude. I y'all wonder. just y'all kill me with this, man. No, I'm not saying y'all is in you. I'm just talking I'm, about like these so-called yo. How can you be a fan of athletes who put their bodies on the line every week in and week out, but you don't want to see a running back get paid because you think your team could go and spend that money elsewhere? Listen, yes, they could take that money and spend it on a corner. But what happens? What happens when Jamar Chase gives that corner? 15 receptions for 233 and two touchdowns. And now you're mad that you lost the game 34 to 20, 34 to 21, because your bum ass corner, who you paid all this money for, can't guard a soul. When you could have kept that offense off the field with what, Matthew? With what? A good run game. Running everyone loves running backs until it's time to pay him. Funny to your boy. Funny to your boy. I don't like it. I don't like it. New York, pay that man. Las Vegas, pay that man. Chargers, pay that man. Stop playing. Just you fired up tonight. You got some fire in your belly. And last thing, Dak Prescott, you better not throw ten interceptions. That's yeah, all I'm not, I will you say better. though, I looked this up today. In his seven seasons, he's only thrown over ten interceptions three times. So he can do it. Only three. Only three times he's thrown over ten. He can do it. It's not that uh, egregious. Last year, he definitely was over 10, right? Last year, he led the league. I think he was like at 15, like 15, 20. Even though most of those were not his fault. It was like he dropped balls and stuff like that. And then I think the year before that, he was like at 11. Like, he's not talking foolish. I'm with Dak. I'm going to say this. If he hits that 10th interception, it's going to hit the streets like crack in the 80s. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All righty. Going from the NFC East to the AFC East. People, it is that time of the year when Danny and myself get you all ready for the upcoming NFL season by previewing each division. Um, we're starting this week off with the AFC East. So how we're going to, how this is going to work for the new fans out there. We're going to go through each team's record from best to worst. Well, let's do worst to first. Worst. Yep. We're going to do worst to first. Then obviously that'll lead us to our division winner. We'll talk about the biggest storylines we have uh, for, for each division. We'll have a breakout player in each division, a division MVP. And then we'll see if there's anything, any other storylines that we think the AFC or each division will have. So we're starting this week off, as mentioned, in the AFC East. That yep. includes the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets. So, Danny, start us off. Take us through your worst to first. So the worst team in this division, I don't think this is a surprise. I think it's the New England Patriots. 
I think they're going to go four and thirteen. I don't see a lot happening in New England this year. That's going to tie into my storyline later in the show. Uh, so between the other three teams, I like to say this year, last year I was so bad that this year I need to add a buffer. For me, these games can have a two. There's a two game variance. If everything goes right, they win the two games. If everything goes wrong, they're minus two games in the win column. Just to give my, I was so bad last year. Like I have to give myself some bumpers. So I have the Jets in third place at nine and eight. I have Miami at ten and seven. Oh, we gotta do um the records to inside the division. So Patriots four and thirteen. I think they go what two and four. I'll say two and four in the division. Jets nine and eight. I think they go three and three in the division. Miami ten and seven, four and two in the division. They are my eighth seed. They are the first team out of the playoffs at 10 and seven, which is insane. And then I have the Bills at 11 and six, four and two in the division, and they are the four seed for me. Mm, okay. Okay. Interesting. So for myself, I have the AFC East being one of the more competitive divisions this year, just because I think they're going to spend a lot of time beating up on each other. So I have finishing fourth in the division with a division record of two and four. I have the New York Jets. Okay. Uh, finishing third in the division. Uh, What's their overall division. record? What's their, their overall record? Oh, nine and eight. I have their overall, okay. I have the New York Jets overall record being nine and eight. So we both have them nine and eight. Mm -hmm. And and third at a record of also nine and eight with a three and three divisional record. I have the Miami Dolphins. Oof. So this is okay. Uh, finishing second in the division at also nine and eight, but having the best divisional record in the AFC East, I have the New England Patriots. Listen, y'all keep sleeping on Bill, and every year he tells you he just needs a mediocre offense because the defense is just locking everybody down. Okay. Then at three and three in the division, eleven and six overall. No, eleven and six. Yeah, everyone else is nine and eight. So you have nine and eight for Miami. Yeah, eleven and eight. finishing eleven and six overall. I have the Buffalo Bills. So we both I, we both are similar. I have them eleven and six too. So I have the Bills being the fourth seed. I have yep. the um, Patriots actually being the seventh seed, getting that okay. last last uh, spot in the playoffs, and that ties into what I think the biggest storyline will be. How the Patriots are going to win, are going to have the best divisional record and use their divisional wins to fuel them to make it to the playoffs. I think. Okay. I think if I'm if I'm Bill, I think the way Bill's looking at it is he thinks if he can. I feel like the Patriots think if they can get, if they can sweep one divisional opponent and win at least one game against the other two, then all they have to do is beat beat up on like the, the the Raiders and the bad teams in the AFC to make it in. And I think that's what they're ultimately going to do. I see the Patriots losing every game or most games to the, the 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 top part of the AFC, but playing each of these games like close, losing by a touchdown or less. And I see them playing the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills very, very competitively and stealing a lot of games in the okay. division. So um what about what about you? What do you think the biggest storyline is going to be? 
I'm going to focus on Bill Belichick, but it's the other side of the coin. I think we start hearing whispers of his job security. I think if they are what I think they're going to be, hey amen, we're going to have to start. We're going to have to have a conversation because, like I said, since Tom has left, Bill has done pretty much next to nothing. He made the playoffs Mac Jones rookie year. Tom went 1-1. Tom has won without Bill. That counts for something. I, I I would agree with that if the Patriots had any other owner than Robert Kraft. I mean, at some point, Robert's going to get impatient. Robert's going to say, "Hey, man, and Bill, I, I, cho- I chose you over Tom, and it looks like a bad decision." No, because one, you can coach longer than you can play. So I, 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 yeah, but he could have six and match. How many rings does the Patriots have? Do they have six or do they have five? They have six. Yeah, they got six. Yeah, you could have the most Super Bowls ever. I would, I would, if I was Bill, I would argue the point that this is still a young team. The quarterback is still young, and my biggest argument for Bill is, I would say, yo, I had Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator. And like, whose fault is that? Who hired him as the offensive coordinator? Yeah, Bill. Bill. But damn, he—I don't think he could imagine he'd be that bad, though. And and is Mac Jones really that young? We're getting this is year four. Like the Patriors have no, to this decide. Is three. This is year three. Yeah, because remember they had the one year where they had they were rolling like Cam Newton out there. That's right. Like the Patriots need to talk about we're gonna pick up his fifth year option. Like that's a conversation that needs to be had. But I would say there were points in time in the last season when when they were healthy, especially on the receiver end, which the Patriots don't seem to always be healthy with receivers. Mac Jones was delivering some darts and he was playing well. They just the receivers were kind of letting him down. I, and I feel like we're going to get a lot more of that again this year. Who is Mike Gusecki, Juju, Devontae Parker? Devontae Parker is a really good wide receiver. He's never healthy. When's the last time you've seen a Devontae Parker highlight? Hey, it could be this year. This could be the year. Oh, okay. Speaking of which, who do you think is going to be the breakout player? It's going to have to be Dalton Kincaid. Like Gabe Davis and the Bills. That was another story I had. This Bills offense, it's so heavily relying on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis is night and day. That team needs a second, a legit second option at receiver, a, a pass catcher. That's a legit number two option. And if they're going to be 11 to six, it's going to have to be Dalton Kincaid because there's no Dalton one else. On. Kincaid. My brother in Christ, do you think a rookie tight end is going to come in and have that type of impact? Or are you saying that because you drafted Dalton Kincaid in fantasy? A mixture of the two. I have Mac Jones being the breakout player in this division. I You I'm, laugh at me for Dalton Kincaid and then you say Mac Jones? Listen, I don't believe. Listen, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, dude. He's a good quarterback. He was in a bad system with no wide receivers. I'd he probably play like that. I'd probably play like that too if I was in his position. I think this is the year that Mac Jones proves that hey, and and especially with with Bill O'Brien, with Bill O'Brien at the helm, Bill O'Brien's a really good offensive mind. He may be a dickhead sometimes, but I think Bill O'Brien is a really good offensive mind. I think you mix that with Mac Jones and his ability to read the field. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he can in a in a system like offense where you know where the ball is going to be, who to go to. I I really think Mac Jones has a really good opportunity to to break out next year. And to Kyle's point, who just who also just commented, he said, "Could James Cook be the breakout player in the division?" Kyle, if the Buffalo Bills actually decide to stop using their quarterback as a running back and actually run the ball, maybe, maybe, which is also a thing I want to speak to. Everyone always talks about 
Josh Allen and you know his running ability. Why does no one ever think that maybe Josh Allen runs so much because their offensive line can't block a soul, can't run block a soul? Amen. I just need Josh to put up numbers because he's the reason I'm going to win Dynasty two years in a row. So is that who you have being the division MVP? No, I have Tariq Hill. Oh, he said, dang. he said, he, yep, I'm, I'm with it. 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 No, I'm with it. I think he's going to get it. I think we're here. I think he can get it. If Tua stays healthy, then he, he can get 2K. I will say, I will say, I definitely think if Tua can stay healthy, he can reach 2K. And I will say this. If I had to pick a third break, potential breakout player, I don't know if this is really a breakout because he's been a really good player since he came in, Jalen Waddle. Uh, I could see this this being the – it would not surprise me if Tua threw for like 43, 44, 4,500 yards and Tyreek Hill went over 2,000 and Jalen Jalen Waddle was right around like 15, 16, 1,700 yards. That'd like be bananas. Like it, it, it would not surprise me. And Tua – I really think this could be one of the bigger storylines this year too. Him yeah. coming back after the some of the injuries last year, I think the can the Dolphins really hold him up and protect him the way he should be? Because when he's protected and when he's able to throw, he's a really good quarterback. He's really accurate. Um, I'm, I'm so I'm curious to see. You know, I'm curious to see the development of Tua going into what his fourth year, year four. Yeah, year four in this offense with these weapons and and this team like this. This should be this should be a really good team. I just think the 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 ben, the 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 hindrance in the AFC East that you're in the AFC East and kind of every team is good. Notice how neither one of us is really talking about the Jets. I think that's kind of that's kind of saying something. So in, in anything else portion, I had that the Jets have two defensive player of the year candidates: Quentin Williams and Sauce Gardner. That's about it. And what wild shit is Aaron Rodgers going to say on ESPN Airways when he makes his weekly Pat McAfee appearance? So I would I would say this about the New York Jets if I would say anything. I would say it's hard to do what Tom Brady did. I know Aaron Rodgers is mo is probably is the this is probably one of the most motivated he's been in his career. Probably um, you know, new team, new setting, new media. Can he deal with the pressure of playing in New York? One. And two, if if that first five six weeks don't go according to plan spooky does does it make him reconsider his initial retirement thoughts i think that's something we should really consider and then i have another one call your bookie are you gambling degenerates because week 11 we're going to be talking about should the patriots trade for zach wilson call your bookie Listen, I believe America is the land of second chances and the land of opportunity, except when it comes to this dude. I mean, he oh. he can't he can't move with the ball. He's like he's got two left feet. He, he, he's got he's got inside move. He's got an outside move. You get where I'm going with this? Oh yes, I can't wait to see him on Hard Knocks. I can't. That's the only reason I'm watching Hard Knocks is to watch Zach Wilson. That's it. Listen, Zach Wilson. I'm glad your pro day went well, and that's how you became the number two overall pick. I told you. I told you thing. he was not good. Some of y'all, some of y'all would want a team like the Jets to overpay for Zach Wilson because of where they drafted him versus paying a Brees Hall. You, you Jets fans, y'all gonna feel it. Y'all gonna feel it. Watch. 
They're not going for because Zach Wilson gonna be in New England. He's not. And Bill, don't do that. That would that would that would kind of be insane. Um, overall, though, I, I I don't know about you. I don't have the AFC Super Bowl representative coming out of this division. Nope. Um, I just I, I don't know, man. My so here's my thing. I don't. I think the Jets. They're not going to have a lot of familiarity. I just don't think they're going to have the offense yet to make this push. Maybe next year. I think the Dolphins are going to be at the misfortune of being in a very competitive division. So it wouldn't surprise me if on paper, or if not on paper, if game film wise, like watching the game, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins are really the best team in this division. They yep. just got mad unlucky in a few games and lost. Yep. I could see the the. I could see. Like game wise, the Patriots being the worst team in this division, but having the best luck out of all the teams. And then I just think, truth be told, I think Buffalo's the the disappointment waiting to happen, bro. Yep. I I think Buffalo's just the the disappointment waiting to happen. Buffalo's at the the misfortune of Kansas City and Cincinnati both look at them like they food. Like nobody in Kansas yep. City and nobody in Cincinnati is looking at Buffalo like, oh, they might be something. They're they're saying that they're a good football team, but they'll shoot themselves in the foot. Just let it happen. Yep. Just play your game. They'll do what they do, and they they've been right. They that's kind of what happened. That's kind that's kind of what happened. Unfortunate, but I'll tell you what: if you're a Bills fan, keep on having hope. Just know that too much hope gets gets your feelings hurt. It's gonna be tough sledding come January. It is going to be tough sledding. All right. It's going to be a, a short uh, big deal or no deal, but I know the WNBA All-Star Game was last weekend. Danny, I'm going to do an ISO on you, man. Talk to me about the WNBA All-Star Game. Yeah, so the skills competition was last Friday at 4 o'clock Eastern because that's when people are free to watch the skills competition. And for those who don't know, Sabrina Ionescu, New York Liberty three-point contest, she only missed two shots. She's she had 37 points. She only missed two shots. Uh, really impressive. Uh, the All-Star game was Saturday night at 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Started off a little rough. It was kind of entertaining. Brittany Griner dumped a couple times. It was cool for what it was worth. Jewel Lloyd won uh, All-Star MVP. She scored 31, which is an All-Star record. Uh, but the biggest storyline coming from the All-Star game is, is the league's agenda, and it, the appeared agenda, of pushing Sabrina Ionescu as the face of the league. She has the 2K cover this year. Again, she scored 37 in the three-point contest. Did you watch the All-Star game by chance? I watched a little bit of it. I did watch I did catch a little bit of it. Okay, so did you watch halftime? Like, what happened at halftime? Okay, so at halftime, Holly Rose walking uh, with Team Stewie to the locker room. She's interviewing different players. Sabrina walks by, and she's like, oh, we got to talk to Sabrina. She talked to Sabrina, and then after the game, uh, Jewel Lloyd gets the trophy, which is new, which is a lot better than last year's trophy, thank God. And Holly is on the court, and she's saying it again. We got to talk to Sabrina. Where's Sabrina? So they find Sabrina. They bring her to Holly for a post-game interview, which doesn't make sense. Yes, she was on the winning team. Sabrina had 19 points, but nothing memorable. She had a couple four-point shots. She did. She was okay. And if you look behind, if I find the video on Twitter, I'll send it to you. As soon as Holly says, we got to talk to Sabrina, all the other players turn their back and just kind of start doing their own thing. Dog, Sabrina is not good enough to be the face of the league. Stop playing in Asia Wilson's face. Stop playing in Brandon Stewart's face. 
I know Sabrina. I know she a cute little white girl who played in New York who can shoot the rock. She not the face of the league. And y'all going to turn her into a villain among her peers and among the fans who aren't Liberty or Oregon fans. Because it's starting to be real obvious that they're pushing Sabrina to be the face because she's a Kobe disciple. Jewel Lloyd is a Kobe disciple. She won All-Star MVP. Where does Jewel Lloyd play? Chicago? Jewel Lloyd plays in Seattle. But Seattle sucks, right? Seattle has a bunch of rookies. Brianna Stewart was in Seattle last year. Now she's in New York. Sue Burr was in Seattle. She retired. So this is a team of transition. They're the worst team in the league. But Jewel Lloyd leads the league in scoring. And she leads the league in uh, three-pointers made. But Sabrina leads the league in three-point percentage. Yeah. So that's the... I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Aaliyah Boston has been in the W for four months, and at this pace, by the end of the season, she's going to have a resume that is comparable to Sabrina, who has been in the league. I think this is year four for Sabrina. Mm -hmm. So Sabrina is a good number two, a great number three option, but she is not a superstar. If Asia Wilson retired today, she is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Stop playing with her. She is the face of the league. I don't. I don't know why. Is I don't know because she's black. If she's country from South Carolina, I don't know what this hesitancy is to give the league to Asia, but it doesn't belong to Sabrina. So this is. I would. I would say that maybe it's. A, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's a marketability thing. But here's the thing. Asia's office is in New York. New York's a huge market. Sabrina is, um, you know, she's she's not only the she is riding the Bryant name as far as it'll take her. Like there is no universe where Sabrina has a signature shoe before Asia. Asia is a two-time MVP, five-time All-Star, All WNBA. Defensive player of the year. And she's only been in the league for like since 2018. She has dominated from the moment she's come in. Like there's like there's no she has her ruffles endorsement. Like Asia's marketable. It's just for those of us who understand privilege and what that looks like, it's very frustrating to see all these doors being opened for Sabrina while Asia's sitting right there. Asia 19 and 10. Guaranteed 19 and 10. So what do you think? What what do you think? Do you think so my my question to you is do you think the market in which Asia plays versus where Sabrina plays factors into why the league may market more? Because when you think about it, if this if you're talking about a league that that is trying to garner more views and more viewership. When you compare markets, you think about New York City, a, yep. a one of the home slash meccas of basketball, and a extremely large market in a city where overall, not only do they have an NBA uh, like NBA following, they also have a strong NFL following. No, it's two yep. different sports, but it's all still yeah. same sports market. You have two NBA teams, one of which. Very young, on the come up. You don't know what you're going to get from the Brooklyn Nets. You have the Knicks, who are definitely on the come up and have a young star in Jalen Brunson. Yep. You don't think that that aspect of it plays a portion in why they may lean a little bit more in 
to Sabrina versus Asia. Not to say they don't try. I I, I definitely feel like the league knows that Asia Wilson is probably is probably top two, top three players in the league. But they also that Vegas market. I feel like in their eyes is maybe they've seen the Vegas market as this is probably as capped as it's going to be in terms of marketability, right? Because Vegas isn't really yeah. a sports city, but you have. You have a notable player who was really, really good, who's very popular in college, who's still figuring out her game in the WNBA now. And she's in probably probably the biggest market in the WNBA slash yep. in, in basketball in general. I think I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not I'm just arguing to argue just for conversation's sake, but I think that you have to that has to play. Then it needs to be Brandon Stewart. Then it needs to be Brandon Stewart because Brandon Stewart, it's Asian brain are the two best players in the league. The reason why Sabrina gets all these open looks because everyone's gone Brandon Stewart. Like if it's going to be someone, oh, it's got to be someone in New York. Then it's, the, it's got to be someone who's in the conversation of best player in the league. Then it, then it has to be Stewie. I'm, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not saying. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I'm just saying like, if anyone were to make that argument to me, what well, Stewie's right there. Stewie's in the MVP conversation the- with Asia. So Every year, back, it's those two. So then that goes. So then my next question, my rebuttal to that would be: Well, then why is Sabrina more marketable than Stewie? Stewie's technically been in the league longer and been the better player. Like there's something that, that, that that's what be, and I know that's, and I know people are like, oh, but maybe, weird. but okay, but thinking that okay, leaning to their point because she's a yep. white girl, but maybe I don't know, and she and she's riding the like. Her and Vanessa Bryant are really are friends, right? Like she in the summer, like in the off season, she goes to LA. She hangs up with Vanessa. They go on vacation together. Like they go to Disneyland together. Like Sabrina is very close to the Bryant family. And that has been used in a way. Like look at the Sabrina ones. Anyone at home, Google the Sabrina ones. Tell me what the silhouette looks like. Hey, relax. They look like the Kobe nines. Like they, it's just the Kobe's with her logo and like some stitching on it. Like it's the... Like, it's that. Like, that is the thing. When I talk about privilege, it is that. Meanwhile, Kobe gave Jewel Lloyd the name Gold Mamba. Jewel grew up in L.A. and was friends with Kobe. It just wasn't, that relationship wasn't as public as Sabrina and Kobe's relationship. And, like, we're talking about Sabrina getting the cover of a game, and she barely made the All-Star team twice. She hasn't been a starter. She's been a reserve both times. She didn't win Rookie of the Year. She was the number one overall draft pick. She didn't win Rookie of the Year. She didn't get all Rookie WNBA. Like we're we're talking about someone whose resume doesn't match the yeah. level of hype and attention they're getting. Hey, I guess the WNBA may be saying agenda over, which which is but sad. You gotta, but you, but think about it from this league's perspective. Yo, they are in the business of putting asses in seats, and if everybody in America knows Sabrina Inescu from her run in in, in college at Oregon, plus her relationship with with kobe if i'm a league that 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 needs more eyes and more viewership on this sport i'm leaning into where the coverage will be i hear you it's just if if you give asia the stage i guarantee you she'll she'll be a household name before you and i also think asia is at the disfortunate on how good her her team is like that's I think true that hinders her. like it does you but, are on a team that's 19 and 2 um but she yeah. is the engine for it like it is her without her that ship doesn't sail she is that but if you don't watch basketball you don't know that 
so to Kyle's point in okay. in in the chat, he said in in comparison to the NHL, they put an undeserving Trevor Vigras or Zigras yeah, let's, let's uh, on the EA Sports cover after his second season. He wasn't Rookie of the Year and is nowhere near to being an elite player. Yeah. So Kyle, why did that happen? Can you tell me what team he plays for? Like in your mind, how did he get that over someone who was more deserving? Because I don't know if it's the same thing. Sometimes I think it's a marketability. Sometimes I think it's a market. Sometimes it, it could. It, I also think it could be some politics in play. But I, my fear is they are setting Sabrina up to be a villain, and she is not built to be a villain. Because right, like remember when WWE shoved John Cena, I'm gonna say a preemptive pause down our throats for six years, and we were like, we don't want it, we don't want it, and they're like, who cares? But John Cena was built to play the villain, and he leaned into that. Sabrina not built like that. Listen, again, I say, I think this goes back to they're they're different from the NBA, right? Where you you know no matter who you try to big up, whether it's a foreigner to try to grow the game internationally Mm -hmm. or a local USA through and through kid that, that grinded his way up, to from an undrafted free agent to a max guy no matter what type of players you try to market there's always going to be viewership and the WNBA is looking at it like yo we already want to pay these women more the only way we pay these women more is if the viewership goes up because then we can get more tv dollars yeah and the only way to get more viewership up you gotta you gotta market the flashy shit because i but she doesn't do anything flashy. That's the thing. How many like times she, have you seen that clip of that her of her three point contest going circulating the internet? That's because she broke. That's because she broke a record. I'm talking about like game time highlights, like on the court. Sabrina hits good threes. Like she hits her threes. But I would say you're assuming, and this is listen. I am an advocate. I love I love basketball, so I do mm-hmm. want to start with something. But you're you're also assuming that everyone in America or all ba- listen all basketball fans aren't WNBA fans right most basketball fans are NBA fans yep you see what I'm saying yeah I I got you they I I understand it. and that translates to NBA fans because Steph right she is compared to Steph a lot even though again she's not on Steph's level but that's the comparison like she's the Steph I understand and they, and they saw how when they really started marketing Steph Curry to the moon to the moon. And I, I feel like they see something similar in that. Her game is I'm not, not saying you're wrong. I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying she is not built to carry a league. Like, she is not built to be the face of the league. And, I, and if, if she is made the face of the league, the resentment she is going to get from her peers and from the fans, that might be enough to break her. You know, the great, great thing about 2K is they're going to make another one next year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're going to make another one next year. So I think it's, listen, and I just, I, another way to look at it is they're investing in um, Sabrina early in her career. That way, when she gets older and her game is a little bit more craft and refined, they can look back at the yeah. growth. She's being positioned as like a super type. Meanwhile, Satu Sabali in Dallas, her teammate in Oregon. Drafted number two overall after Sabrina. That's a hooper. Most improved player. We'll see. 
Shout out to my Sparks on a six-game losing streak, seven hey. and thirteen. Soon Sick as I say hand. I'm a, soon as I say I'm a fan. Dog, sure. and they cut Destiny Henderson. Terrible times. Terrible times. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Oh man, my brother, this is one of our longer shows, but oh, it's fun. Damn, what's what's a what what a what a what a great time, Kyle. I'm glad that you're here because I don't know I don't know if you were here towards the beginning of the pod when I brought this up, but I was having a thought on our dynasty league, and because uh, you as you know, Kyle, I also commission a redraft league as well, and I was talking I was telling Danny about there's a lot of good competitive energy in that league because outside of winning uh, money the prize money for first and second, they also get a WWE championship belt. And so I was thinking, I I, I think I, I like where our league is going, but I want to get more people in the in the league talking a little bit more cash money on a day to day weekly basis. And I'm thinking, Kyle, that the way to reward or help stimulate this is by introducing a championship trophy. And so obviously, my biggest concern is one logistics of trophy transportation and figuring out how it how it would get paid for. Uh, do I pay for it out of my pocket or do I raise the league dues by some, maybe like $5 to help cover the cost for it? So Kyle, I'm glad that you're here. Do you have any experiences with trophies being like trophies as prizes in any sort of dynasty league or any type of fantasy leagues? And if so, do you have any suggestions? Because I also have a worry about like mailing it. If I'm going to get it back, is it going to be damaged? Um, Danny suggested just getting like the, a little plaque made about the size of this book, about the size of this book. Also, I'm I, I'm trying to get trying to be on some reading. So shout out to the richest man in Babylon. But um, maybe uh, Danny says getting a uh, plaque about this about this size with with the engraving for the winner. I don't know. I kind of want a trophy, maybe about this size or maybe about. This tall, this was this was one trophy. Uh, so I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Kyle says, "Would a league belt be better than a trophy?" So Kyle, this is my thing because I don't want to do the same thing that I do for my redraft league because I feel like the redraft league that tro that trophy is usually like the 25 it's like a 25 30 dollar little replica wwe belt because it's the redraft league but since it's a dynasty league and it and and we do a lot more year-round roster management team management with all the uh you know the owners meetings and the draft and stuff like that if we were to get to do a team belt versus or, or a championship belt versus a trophy then i'd want it to be one of the nicer replica ones and I mean the John Cena spinning championship. I'd want to get I'd want to get a replica like that or the oh, original wow. WCW yes. um, World Heavyweight Championship type belt. But those are those replicas are like you're talking about four hundred dollar replica uh, belts. Um, so that's why I'm thinking like a, a a nice a nice trophy might be better. But to your point, it just might get hard harder to logistically plan and transport so kyle if you have any if you have any ideas or if you know of any like if you have any experience or previous experience please please let me know 
he said Kyle did say that he would be fine with raising the league fee instead of having D pay out of pocket. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for looking out for my, my, my pocket. But at the same time, um, only reason why I would consider paying out of pocket for it would be because I've already kind of told people what the league dues were. And I know, um, Feel like raising it i don't want to scare people away from the league by raising it um plus you know i'm just having some conversation having some conversations with some folks about the league dues and stuff like that um kyle also said a championship ring for the winner each year oh that okay that's interesting but people lose jewelry all the all time. the time all the time all the time so how about this i'm going to bring it up in our in our league chat just to start simmering the water get some thoughts on it but i I like these ideas i really really like these ideas danny let the people know where to find us my brother find us on instagram twitter facebook speak on an underscore pod you can find me Danny Ocean 41 on the Bird app. Um, don't know how long I'm going to be on the Bird app because all it is now is ads and porn. It's cool at first, kind of taking its toll. All the jokes I feel like are leaving, but we'll see. For now, Danny Ocean 41. How do you feel about threads? I like threads in the beginning. I'm starting to get, I'm starting to fall out of threads. I was really deep into threads. I might jump back in. The only problem with threads is, and you and I talked about this on threads, is a lot of people use Twitter as a way to talk in a way that they wouldn't talk in front of their friends, right? Like on th- and on threads, you automatically follow. Well, you don't have to. There's a way to change that. But if you just go the default route, you automatically follow, follow people everyone you do on, on Instagram, right? Twitter, Danny, is different from Instagram, Danny. And it's hard to separate the two. My man said he can't figure out his brand voice for threads. <laughs> yeah, like I can't. I can't. You can't talk your shit, nah. I feel yeah, like. I can't, right? Because you know, like my aunt, you know, like aunt on Instagram, like man, what are you talking about? Stevie Wonder can fight. He is blind. <laughs> like, like, you know, like you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like but you feel me though, right? Nah, but what do you mean by Stevie Wonder can fight? Yo, Stevie Wonder can fight. I, I just you... know he. Because I don't Yo. think he's blind, first of all. But even if he is go. blind. There we go. Even if Yo, he dog, is blind. Tell you so you're telling me you think if someone ran up on Stevie Wonder and told him, Yo, put put the cane down, put them hands up, he's going to put the cane down and put them hands up, or yep. he's going to look like he don't know what's going on? I think you do not want those problems. Yeah, what's wrong so, with you, dog? Someone, what? listen, listen. And this is my theory for people who are also who are like deaf who have disabilities that can be visible and non-visible right like if you've been blind your entire life someone has tried to test you multiple people have tried to test you i promise i promise if someone roll up on stevie wonder he gonna give him it's gonna be a bad day i don't think i don't (laughs) kyle said stevie wonder saw will chamberlain score 100 points He's the only person with the film. He's the only person with the film. Yo, if I find out in this Will Chamberlain doc that's coming out soon that hey, Stevie okay. Wonder was at, at the 100-point game, I promise you I'm coming in here and I'm laying one on Will Chamberlain because that's going to tell me all I need to know about the 100-point game, dog. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Will. Rest in peace. Listen, all I'm going to say is the man that made Do I Do cannot see. He is blind, and I'm sure of it. And he will beat your ass.
I am sure of it. Yo, did you know that uh, they have uh, blind baseball? No, I'm serious. Like, there's, there's send like, me, send me the link. I need like, to see this. I was talking about it with my coworker today. So the, the, the blind people do play baseball. So they put like a beeper on the the baseball. So when you throw it, it's like beep 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 beep. You like you hear it, and it makes sense if you think oh, about that's it because insane. they're saying yeah, their hearing is so like it, it's so heightened. So that's how they. My 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 buddy, my coworker, I was talking to. He played baseball. He was like, "Yo, you'd be surprised, but those guys be smashing balls out the park." But it makes sense though, because their hearing is so enhanced that all you got to do is feels like if you hear it. But here's the question: How do they do everything else? Like, is there a string that gets you from base to base? How do you throw the ball from outfield to second base? How does the catcher catch the ball? No, from you're the asking pitch? questions. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I, I, ran, I ran track. Okay. I will say though, I am in an intramural softball league. Oh no, um, they got you with so, the intramural softball. Don't strike out. So we had we had our we finished our spring season maybe like three weeks ago. We made it to the playoffs as the fifth seed. Boy, I'm not gonna no as the fourth seed. I'm not gonna lie to you. That fifth seed smoked our boots. Really? Smoked our boots. But then we just started our summer season last week, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I was three. For, I went. I went to the plate three times. Three for three. Two home runs. Okay. No, two, two, two runs scored. Not two home runs. I was three for three. Two runs scored. Okay. So you need to hit at the top of the lineup. Um. I, I actually, believe it or not, I was second on the male male side of the lineup. So they he might keep me there. But after after the second time I did it, someone was like, "Yo, you've been hitting the batting cages in the off season?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, all all fourteen days I was in the batting cage." <laughs> All 14 days. Now I just started. I started started getting my. Once I got the groove of it, and I can out. As long as I make contact, I can outrun whoever to first base. Yeah. I'm outrunning whoever to first base. Um, no, nah, it's it's fun though. It's it's fun. I like doing things I have, I'm not really good at, and seeing if I can get better at it. So that's the reason why I be playing basketball a few times a week. Just be playing. Don't think I'm good though. I'm not actually. I'm, I'm not. I believe. I, I believe in you. People, make sure you follow the kid at Los Demix. That's at L-O-S-D-E-E-M-I-X. As Danny said, make sure you follow the podcast at Speak On It underscore pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm we we trying to get more consistent on TikTok. That should be hard, bro. That's that should be that hard. That should do we, be hard. We we gotta we gotta we gotta use TikTok for more behind the scenes stuff. We gotta that's what we gotta do. Oh, that's a good idea. Like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a marketer, you know what I'm saying? You are, yeah, yeah. You you the you the heartbeat of the show. People don't know that you the heartbeat. Hey man, that's all you, my brother. You you the you the mastermind behind it all. Dog, so. I just be here. Yeah. Um, people, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us, and we appreciate it. Just make sure you spend the next day, seven days, speaking on whatever is on your mind. If you don't like how these NFL running backs are being treated, you go speak on it. If you don't like how Shorty keeps posting the picture with the ass on the sink and with the specific angles, you should tell her about herself. But be careful because you saw what happened when Kiki's man spoke out. Also, Kiki, the more I see it, the cornier that whole ordeal gets. It's a work, dog. It's a work, man. This, this man, this is a WWE script. That's all it is. It's a script. WWE. I know we're about to end the show next week. I want to, we're going to bring back speak to the cinema because I want to speak on Young Rock because I just finished watching all three seasons. Okay. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I am sorry. 
I will never question your acting again. That show is actually good. What? I, that's because he got I, Becky Lynch in there. Milkman, milkman, milkman. Y'all have a great night and see you next week. Peace.